Okay, guys, welcome to the podcast. This is Hope for Today, where we examine the scriptures on how to have hope. Um, we have a special guest today, April. Hello. Uh, April is my wife, for those of you who don't know. We decided to have a conversation today instead of having a um, just a Bible study um, where I'm just doing the teaching. So today the conversation is going to be about suicide, which is kind of the far opposite of hope, right? When somebody completely loses hope, then they commit suicide. So um, let's get into this, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So you have had more exposure to this since we've moved here. Yeah. You've been called on a couple of times. Yeah. To deal with people who have attempted suicide. Yes. And I think that has, how do you think that has spurred your study on that? So living in Toronto, um, where one of the few independent Baptist churches that are in the city limits, if not the only one that mm-hmm. one or two or three, um, COVID's kind of changed some of that, but so I will get calls. I've gotten two calls from people. One was, um, a young man who attempted suicide and he, I visited him in the hospital mm-hmm. and prayed over him mm-hmm. and he didn't make it. He didn't make it. And then the second one was about a year or two later of a young lady who attempted suicide and was in a recovery hospital. Mm -hmm. And she was a Christian and she and I had a really good conversation. Um, But I think that for me, you know, you hear about suicides occasionally, maybe a famous person will commit suicide. Occasionally you'll see somebody commit suicide on a TV show or a movie or something like that. So, um, I've really tried to dig in just because it seems like something that's going to be a part of ministry here. Mm -hmm. And that's not something you studied in college or really, I would say even had any experience with up to this point. No, not really. I mean, you know, we, we've never had anybody, Personally. personally commit suicide that we were close with. We've known mm-hmm. of people who mm-hmm. have, but not... We've not had to counsel someone in that position. Right, mm-hmm. right. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, mm-hmm. it's been a, uh, it's been a journey and we want to, you know, we want to be a help to people yeah. when it comes to this kind of a thing. Because you want to know what to say. And how to biblically help people. And we were just talking before that you've learned a lot as you studied this subject and found out there's, it's pretty prevalent. But as I was saying, I think because it's not an issue people like talking about, I think it tends to kind of be something that doesn't come up a lot. It's um, not always reported on. It's not a news story. Every week about how many people committed suicide or who's committing suicide. I think in Ontario, there's been more talk about it mm-hmm. since COVID yeah. and some how much people are struggling mentally due to that. But otherwise, 
I would say there's very, most people know very little about it. Right. And they don't realize how prevalent of a struggle it can be. Right. Um, and I feel that way. Like I, I, everything I've learned has been through your study. Mm -hmm. So I'm learning a lot too. So, um, because I kept getting called, mm -hmm. um, I heard about this book through another podcast that I listened to. And the name of the book is called Hope Always. Um, it's by Matthew Sleeth. And he is a Christian and a medical doctor. So Matthew Sleeth, MD. I mm. uh, found it on Amazon. Um, so it talks about uh, the subtitle of the book, How to Be a Force for Life in a Culture of Suicide. Say that one more time. How to Be a Force for Life mm -hmm. in a Culture of Suicide. Okay. Uh, so he talks about a lot of things from both the Christian perspective, biblical perspective, and a medical perspective. Um, and so we're going to kind of use it a little bit as a guide. Okay. And one of the things that I found shocking, two things that I found shocking. First of all, he says, um, you're going to hear me flipping the pages in the book, which is kind of a good thing that we, you know, I'm not completely making up <laughs> <laughs> what I'm talking about. <clears throat> he said this hope always, this is chapter Two, he says, more than five Americans will intentionally kill themselves in the coming hour. Five every hour. Five every hour. Okay. And the copyright of this book is... Just in America. Just in America. Copyright of this book is 2021. Now, these are those that succeed or attempt? Intentionally kill themselves. So they do. Right. Die. So a lot of times, something I learned in this book is that a lot of times attempted suicides are not reported. It's right. generally those who are successful mm -hmm. in killing themselves. Um, how did it tell you how many, like percentage wise, how many more actually attempt? Than so he says here, deaths attributed to suicide are the tip of the iceberg. So I'm reading from his book. He says in 2018, there were more than 48,000 suicides in the United States, but there were 1.4 million wow. suicide attempts. Wow. He said, without our advanced medical systems, I believe that our current suicide rate would be far greater than at any other time in history. Wow. So, um... Do they give ages on those, or...? He does not give ages. Mm -hmm. He says <laughs> America is in the midst of the greatest depression, as in experiencing depression, the greatest depression it has ever experienced. Now, um, the copyright is 2021, but um, the original copyright was 2019. So this is just before COVID, okay. right? This is These statistics are, are just pre-COVID. So that, I'm sure, is changed i'm sure it's changed for sure <clears throat> for the worse for the worse <clears throat> yeah um he says he compares it to the 1930s in the united states during the great depression, depression. okay okay um and it said uh, he says here the suicide rate during the 1930s alarmed the nation then just as many are alarmed today and he obviously the medical advances from the 1930s to now to 2000 and 20s a lot is is significant so he said if we were to if we were to take the suicide attempts 
from now and go backwards, um, he said that we might see a death toll as much as 1.2 million. Mm. So imagine, you know, 1.2 million people a year dying of suicide Mm -hmm. just in America alone. Mm -hmm. Um, And so he... And sadly, I think, like, sometimes... I'm curious about the age because sometimes I think people think this is mostly... I don't know. Like, I guess when I think about it, I probably think of, like, more middle-aged people. Uh Uh-huh. But I know both people you've been called for have been young people. They're young people. Yeah. They're... One of them was a teenager. Uh, I don't remember the exact age, but... um, 17-ish. 17-ish. The young lady was um, a late late teenager, maybe early 20s. Which is, is shocking. Because you kind of think of young people as like full of hope and right, <clears throat> but it affects everybody. I don't know, like you said, we don't know the percentage of which age, but right. Um, I do remember reading in here that one of the categories of people that suicide is common is widowers. Sure. Wow. So older men whose wives have passed away. Older men. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, like in their 60s and 70s whose wife has passed away. Which is also the opposite of what I would think. Yeah. Because I would think that a, a younger person dealing with widowhood mm-hmm. would suffer more than young, older. Right. Yeah. Um, and he also talks about... This book's really shocking, but mm-hmm. I feel like that it's really, really important. Mm-hmm. Because suicide is kind of the end result of depression. Yeah. Right. So if you look at that as kind of the the very, very last mm-hmm. end result of having no hope and you can kind of start from the end, like the absolute worst and start working your way back and say, well, how can we even prevent from depression getting the better of us? Right. Right. So the book really is very helpful in that sense, mm-hmm. um, because someone listening to this may think, well, I've never tr- struggled with suicidal thoughts mm-hmm. or I don't have anybody in my life who has, you know, um, tempted to self-harm or, or something like or that. Or has told you that. Or, or, right, or has voiced that, mm-hmm. right? But um, I'm not trying to sell this book in the sense I don't get anything from it, but I do find it very helpful. Sure. Right, because I feel like that it's something in society that is not really talked about a lot. Is that, I'm trying to remember the right word, I was reading in <clears throat> a ladies' devotional that we have for church, and they were saying depression leads to, is it despondency? Is that the word, the word that means no hope? I don't know if that's the yeah. right word. But there was another word where she said that is like the next step after depression, which means like, you know, depression, you know, has a lot of definitions. Right. Um, but there's another step past that where it's absolutely no hope, which mm-hmm. is where you're going. One of the things he talks about as well is um, whether or not society today even considers suicide to be wrong. Okay. Because... There, some people may not consider it to be wrong. All right. Um, and he uh, he gives a illustration, not an illustration. I mean, he cites a case of a girl. He said, um, recently a teenage girl asked on social media whether she should commit suicide. Her followers voted that she should, mm. and she did. She, she killed herself. Insane. Right. 
Despair is that word, by the way. It's not despondency. I looked oh, yeah. Despair, despair means no hope. Right. Um, so that being, I mean, there's a whole other conversation about the power of social media. Mm-hmm. Um, but was it, okay, so you're saying people don't consider it wrong now. Some people don't, yeah. But you're saying previously people would say that it was wrong. Yep. And why? Why would that be? Why did it change? No. Why did people say it was wrong before? Like, why was it considered wrong? Well, the interesting thing about this book is it's written by a medical doctor. And his history is that um, he was an atheist for many, many years of his life. And so if we're talking about a broad sense of society, why has suicide become so common well, why would and you... also why do people potentially think that it may not necessarily be an awful awful thing okay. like where is it why is it more commonplace in people's minds well i mean like why would we if you were asked is is suicide wrong mm-hmm. what would you say i would say yes because because and this is the point i was trying to make where he's talking about things he's giving his opinion as a previous atheist versus mm-hmm. Christianity. Right. And obviously the title of the book being Hope Always. Christians believe that life is sacred. Okay. Right? So we believe in God. We believe that we are not a... We personally, individually, mm-hmm. we are not a mistake. Right. Right? The world is not a mistake. My life here is not a mistake. Mm-hmm. There is a purpose for me being here. There is a God who loves me. Mm-hmm. And yes, I may lose my way. Um, and yes, life can get dark and we can make bad choices and that can cause things to get even darker. But the ultimate thing, the ultimate for the Christian is that there is hope. And if I can just read a verse real quick, first Corinthians 15 is talking about the resurrection of Christ. And it says in verse 55, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. So in Christianity, you take, you don't just stop at death, you go past that to mm-hmm. life after death, mm-hmm. right? And because of Christ and the resurrection, he gives us victory over death. We we have hope. We have an eternal hope. Mm-hmm. And so Matthew Sleeth in his book um, asks this question. He said, what is it about faith that changes the calculus of suicide? Mm-hmm. And what is it about faith and particularly the Christian faith that leads to fewer suicides? He talks about, we'll explore this in the in the book, but he talks about how he lived the majority of his life as an atheist. And he said, for instance, a core belief of atheism is the acceptance that the universe, our planet, and all the life on it came into being by accident. If there is no God, then no God and no plan was ever involved in the creation of anything. The end point of this philosophy is that you and I are the result of a fantastic series of accidents. In short, we are all a cosmic <clears throat> mistake. Yeah. So when people are asking 
why should I continue to live if I'm in this much pain? If there is no God and you're just an accident, Mm -hmm. then why does it matter? Well, and I was thinking as you were answering, why would we consider suicide to be wrong? And I think, you know, on one side, it's like we believe, you know, obviously because we believe in God, we believe that God created us. We believe God has a purpose Mm -hmm. for our life. And it's like, if I believe God has a purpose for my life, then I don't, I don't definitely don't believe that God's purpose for my life was to would be to take my life. Yeah. And so we can see that that would not be within God's plan. Right. Um, no, I don't think it's in God's plan for us to suffer either to, you know, deal with depression and, and despair in that way. He wants to give us hope. Yeah. Um, so I was definitely thinking about that. Yeah. We can get into this in a later episode, but one of the interesting things is, that in this book, he draws out the fact that from the very beginning, Satan mm. tempted, he mm-hmm. tempted Adam and Eve into basically a, into suicide, right? Because God said, in the day that you eat of the fruit, you will surely die. And he completely lied to them and said, you will not die. And they had no way of knowing, right? Like it could have been that day. Sure. Like they didn't know exactly how God was going to, meet out that punishment right like um so they really were rolling the dice they were rolling the dice with their life and when you told me that when you read the book originally we were both pretty like wow never thought of that never thought about that for sure and they did die spiritually in that day like they were separated from god in their relationship from that time um but and physically they started to die that day right and there were a lot of consequences that were a result of that but One of the points he brings out in this book is that if there is a voice in somebody's Mm -hmm. head or a sense Mm -hmm. or a push that is trying to get them to commit suicide, that is not God. God does not do that. He sent his son to die on the cross for us so that we could have life. Jesus said, I came to give you life, abundant life abundant life he came to give us eternal life and i know like i've not dealt with um uh, suicidal thoughts or even maybe depression but i do think that you can see everywhere in life that the devil constantly tries to black out any good in your life yeah whether that's through stress or anxiety or you know, there's been many times in life where you can get so tunnel visioned on everything that's wrong in life. I mean, yeah. there's been times in our life where we literally put a chalkboard up in our dining room yep. and made ourselves get up every day right. and write one good thing on there. Yep. Because literally, if you didn't do that, you couldn't find anything. Yeah. And thankfully, if you put follow the Lord and seek a relationship with him, you don't stay there and you don't stay there long enough to get to the struggles we're talking about. Mm. But I, I do think that that is the devil's plan in every avenue, whether it's fear or depression or frustration, you know, just giving up, trying and certain things in life. He will just constantly give us these glasses that only see the bad, yeah, only see what we're without, only see who doesn't love us, only see you know what we're missing or how we're failing yeah let me read something real quick that came to mind 
I think this is really cool when it comes to Christians. Um, that oftentimes, you know, in secular societies where God is excluded from popular thought to where now it's more of an individual private pursuit, even mm-hmm. though it shouldn't be that, but it, it kind of is. <clears throat> I think it's very easy for Christians to kind of get into the mindset of, I have to figure this out. I have to pull myself out. I have to change myself. Mm-hmm. I have to help myself. I can't do this. Right. And it says in Psalm 40, verses 1 through 3, and if we think about this within the context of depression and within the context of suicide. And by the way, let me just, we should have said this at the very beginning, but we're not medical doctors and we're fully aware that there are medical, dis- medical conditions that exist that are biological, mm-hmm. where people's minds mm-hmm. are affected mm-hmm. And so we're not trying to say, read your Bible and everything will be gone. Mm-hmm. We're, not, we're not trying to simplify a complex problem. Mm-hmm. We're just talking about this as laymen. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the medical sense, we're laymen. I would say we're just kind of trying to learn from him, but also mostly just address the end product of emotional yeah. despair. Right. Not someone who has a medical issue that right. struggles with suicide for a different reason sure it says in psalm 40 verses 1 through 3 he says i waited patiently for the lord and he inclined unto me and heard my cry he brought me up also out of a horrible pit out of the miry clay and set my feet upon a rock and established my goings he hath put a new song in my mouth even praise unto our God. Many shall see it and fear and shall trust in the Lord. Verse four, blessed is that man that maketh the Lord his trust. And you can just see where the psalmist, Psalm of David, it says, Psalm 40, he cried out to God. He prayed to God and God is the one that came to him and brought him up out of that pit, Mm. right? And I think that, you know, when it comes to when it comes to um, faith, um, the author Matthew Sleeth said this, the main difference, uh, sorry, it has been long known that faith plays a protective role when it comes to suicide. Those who believe in God are between four and six times less likely to commit suicide as those who don't. And so we're just talking about the importance of faith. Mm-hmm. So, comment? Well, I mean, I was just thinking that, <clears throat> I mean, from the beginning you were talking about people who don't believe in God believe they were just a randomness. Mm-hmm. Their existence is random. And so it's almost like I'll do my best throughout life to create value mm-hmm. within me and what I do. But basically, if I can't conjure that up anymore, yeah. it doesn't exist. Right. Because I never had intrinsic value. Yeah. I had to create that or my family had to give it to me right. or whatever that is. And, you know, I just thinking about there are, you know, times in life where the only thing you have to hang on to is the fact that God is with you. Mm-hmm. And that he sees you. Yeah. And that he has a plan for you. And right. that, and I just... 
you can't imagine the darkness that, you know, for me, being raised in church and, and saved at a rare, fairly young age. Right. Um, and probably sheltered a lot. I yeah. didn't have to deal with that in in ways that other people have. But to imagine the darkness of not not having, like, the hope that comes from with, with not within, but from without. Yeah. Because we all have times in life where there's nothing within that's worth getting excited about or feeling valued over or, you know, bringing joy. Yeah. And so I can see why, you know, obviously faith would have such a tremendous effect um, because he is, he having a relationship with him changes everything. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Okay. Well, I think we may stop right there for this episode. We will come back and do another one of these um, next week. Okay. Well, guys, uh, thanks so much for joining us today. Um, If you have any questions or any Mm -hmm. comments, please reach out to us. Um, Sparrow Baptist Toronto is our website. And sparrowbaptistchurch uh, at gmail.com is our is our email address. Once again, the title of the book is called Hope Always, Matthew Sleeth, MD. And I think that you would say if there's someone listening that is struggling with any of these thoughts yeah, and they want to hear what the Bible has to say about it, they want to hear like what we're talking about, how can faith help me to, to please reach out. Yeah, and if I can just simply say, you know, John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And God loves you. If you're struggling, if you're, you know, there's a lot of questions in the world, you could be going through something right now, um, professionally or relationally, or maybe you're struggling with some kind of an addiction. Um, You're not alone. God loves you. God has allowed a little bit of pain in your life to bring you to the point where you can find that truth that transcends reality, which is himself. And God loves you. And he sent his, the proof of that love is he sent his son to die on the cross for you. And if you reach out to God just a little bit, even if you're not a believer in Christ, if you reach out to him just a little bit, he will make himself real to you. And he will give you the hope that you so desperately need. So guys, thanks so much for listening. And please make sure you join in on the next episode.